Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue through the book of Zephaniah with chapter 2 today. And we're going to go ahead and move into chapter 2 verse 1 where he cries out to the people in a plea for everybody to repent and, and turn from their sin and turn to God before it's too late. In verse 1, gather together, yes, gather together you shameless nation. Gather before the judgment begins, before your time to rep repent is blown away like chaff. Act now before the fierce fury of the Lord falls, and the terrible day of the Lord's anger begins. Seek the Lord, all who are humble, and follow his commands. Seek to do what is right and to live humbly. Perhaps even yet the Lord will protect you from, protect you from his anger on that day of destruction. So if we repent, if we choose Jesus, if we chase after Jesus with all of our guts and choose Jesus for our lives, we apply his love to our lives. We know that he died on the cross. We know that he rose from that grave and we want to chase after him with every single thing in us. We are protected from the judgment and anger, the wrath of God that is going to fall when he returns on judgment day. It says we will be protected, but we have to choose. We have to repent from sin. We have to flee from sin and choose God. It doesn't mean if we blow it, we're done for. It means if we blow it, we get back up. We repent and we chase after God. We keep falling forward continually deeper and deeper into Jesus and who he is. And as we do, we'll fall more and more in love with Jesus and become more and more like him as we grow in faith in him and we'll be less easily swayed by temptation temptation. We'll be able to stand firm, stronger, longer, and he will hold us as righteous before God. If we choose him, he's already forgiven our blow-its. He's already forgiven our sins. We are seen as righteous before God. When we choose Jesus, we are cleansed. We are free. We are redeemed. We are made whole and we are made right with God. And he's crying out to the people to turn to God before it's too late. And Again, he's speaking both into the current coming of the Babylonian destruction as well as the future time when Jesus returns, that day of the Lord, the day of final judgment, the day of his return. And he is coming. He is returning. And then he goes into the judgments against the outside nations, the Gentile nations that surround Jerusalem and Judah. In verse 4, Gaza and Ashkelon will be abandoned. Ashdod and, and, and Ekron torn down. And what sorrow awaits you, Philistines, who live along the coast and in the land of Canaan, for this judgment is against you too. The Lord will destroy you until not one of you is left. The Philistine coast will become a wilderness pasture, a place of shepherd camps and enclosures for sheep and goats. The remnant of the tribe of Judah will pasture there. They will rest at night in the abandoned houses of Ashkelon. For the Lord their God will visit his people in kindness and restore their prosperity again. So he starts out with Philistia and he said the day is going to come when the, rem the remnant of Judah, those who choose Jesus, who stand firm in faith, will be gathered and restored. And God's judgment begins with the house of the Lord with Judah and Jerusalem, with the Christ followers. We're going to be judged first. And that's why Zephaniah started with the people of Judah. 
And the day of the Lord will affect the Gentile nation surrounding Judah as well. Everyone will face judgment. Everyone will have to stand before God and give an account for their lives. And God revealed himself to the whole world through creation and through all these ways. Before he returns, the entire nations will receive the word and have the option to hear it, listen, and obey and repent. But it's up to us to choose to repent and choose Jesus. And the nations correspond to the four points of the earth. Assyria was to the north. Cush was to the south, Moab and Amnon was to the east, and Philistia was to the west. And as we walk through this chapter, we're going to address all four corners of the earth. And during the great day of the Lord, all nations of the earth will see God and will be judged and will stand before God, the entire world. And he started with Philistia, and the Philistines were the ancient enemies of the Jewish nation. Nebuchadnezzar invaded Philistia and conquered it, and the only remnant of that great nation left today is the name Palestine, which comes from Philistine. And then he continues on into the nations of Moab and Amnon in verse 8. I have heard the taunts of the Moabites and the insults of the Ammonites, mocking my people and invading their borders. Now, as surely as I live, says the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, Moab and Ammon will be destroyed, destroyed as completely as Saddam and Gomorrah, their land will become a place of stinging nettles, salt pits, and eternal desolation. The remnant of my people will plunder them and take their land. They will receive wages for their pride, for they have scoffed at the people of the Lord of Heaven's armies. The Lord will terrify them as he destroys all the gods in the land. Then nations around the world will worship the Lord, each in their own land. So then Moab and Ammon, these were the two that originated from Lot's two daughters with that ill decision on the mount. And his two daughters have birds of the nations of Moab and Ammon. And they were enemies of the Jewish nation as well. But these two nations were extremely arrogant and they would end up like Saddam and Gomorrah, completely wiped off the earth. And they would no longer be able to insult the nation of Israel or God or anyone else around them because they were completely 100% wiped out. And then he moves on to Cush. He describes Cush in these verses as well. And the nation, the Cush, nation of Cush in verse 12. Actually, we'll go ahead and read it. It was part of the Ethiopian nation. You Ethiopians will also be slaughtered by my sword, says the Lord. He kind of just mentions them brief, briefly. And that was the area of Cush. And it was in the upper Nile region. And Nebuchadnezzar. And Babylon's soldiers, they completely conquered that that nation as well and completely wiped them out. And then we'll move into verse 13. And the Lord will strike the lands of the north with his fist, destroying the land of Assyria. He will make its great capital Nineveh a desolate wasteland, parched like a desert. The proud city will become a pasture for flocks and herds, and all sorts of wild animals will settle there. The desert owl and screech owl will roost on its ruined columns, their calls echoing through the gaping windows. Rubble will block all the doorways, and the cedar paneling will be exposed to the weather. This is the boisterous city once so secure. I am the greatest, it boasted. No other nation can compare with me, but now look how it has become an utter ruin, a haven for wild animals. Everyone passing by will laugh in derision and shake a defiant fist. 
So he says, even Assyria will fall. And like we've talk about, talked about, Assyria was this prideful great nation. And until the rise of Babylon, Assyria dominated in power. They were ruthless and they were full of pride and they were extremely cruel to their enemies. And Nineveh was destroyed in 612 BC. And within the next few years, once the great Assyrian empire simply vanished from the face of the earth, the once great empire, they, they just completely vanished from the face of the earth, never to be seen ever again. And Zephaniah saw it coming. He prophesied that this was going to happen. And Nineveh, they repented for a whole generation. They repented and turned to God when Jonah came with the word of God. But the following generations failed and fell back into idolatry and evil and sin and refused God. And each of these local invasions and conquests is a foreshadow of the coming end times of the Lord, which will come to, like we were talking about, the whole entire world. We'll all stand before God and give an account for our lives. But when the day of the Lord comes, Israel will also be delivered. And the faithful remnant who stand firm, all of us, Gentiles and Jewish nation, the Messianic Jews, all of the people who choose Jesus, will be restored. We will be made whole. We will be seen as righteous before our amazing Father because of the blood of Jesus and what he sacrificed for us. And God will establish his glorious kingdom and he will judge the people when they deliberately disobey God and refuse to humble themselves before God, refuse to repent and completely just walk away and say, nope, no, thank you. I'm going to pick myself. I'm going to do it my way instead. Then they will have to face judgment for their sins. And they're going to have to face eternity in hell if they don't choose God. Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only way into eternity with heaven. He is the only door. He is the only gate. He says numerous times throughout scripture, I am the only way. Follow the narrow road. The narrow road will lead you home. It is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we only receive God's eternal kingdom through Jesus and putting our lives and our trust in his hands. And God's promise to Abraham still stands. Those who bless Israel, God will bless. And those who curse Israel, God will curse. And the nations that have sinned against God by mistreating the, the Jewish people and the discriminating and, and hurting them, they, they have been hurt horribly through society over the years. And God will hold people accountable for how they treat other people, including the Jewish nation, including Israel. And God has a plan for Israel and God is not done. And Israel is a part of God's plan. They are God's first chosen nation. They were chosen to bring forth our Messiah and the word of God that we read in Passover. And God has plans for the entire world. He died for everybody. He had a plan of restoration and redemption for all of us. It's in the Bible and it starts at the very beginning with Genesis 1. And it's his promise of redemption, and it's a love story that he poured out for us to read and consume and see him, see his life, see his love, see his forgiveness, and choose him for our lives. And when we do, we are redeemed. We are healed. We are made whole. We are cleansed, and we are seen as righteous before God. And God's word is true, and it will be fulfilled. God's promises come true. He is faithful. His promises never change. His promises do not expire. Promises are promises. And when God makes a promise, God holds that promise strong. It will not fade. 
God's people can claim God's promises and we can know that God is faithful. We can know that God is eternal and we know that his words are true and faithful and coming forth and that he is coming again and Jesus is coming again and we will be held safely in his arms. It says in his word that we will be held safely. We will be protected from his anger on that day of destruction if we choose him. But that's, it's a bilateral covenant. We have to choose. We have to make that choice for our lives. We have to choose Jesus. We have to passionately pursue him, seek his face, desire to know him more. Let him pour into your lives every single day. Let your relationship grow stronger and stronger as you cling to him with all of your guts for every single second that we have left on earth and spread his glory to those around you. Share so other people can have the opportunity to receive him and live eternity through the one and only door, Jesus, that we can all be regathered and joined together and be a part of God's eternal kingdom. And that is God's desire. He does not want to lose a soul. He mourns when people don't choose him. His love never ends. He will not stop loving any of us, even if we spend eternity in hell. He will still love us. But he wants to dwell with us for eternity, and he wants us to choose him. And if we don't, he mourns over that loss. He doesn't want to lose his soul. He wants us all to choose him and live completely healed and restored with him in his eternal kingdom forever. Thanks, y'all. I hope you're having a most blessed day in the Lord.